Welcome to We Lead Radio. Your hosts are June Gunter, Beth Hijack, Christine Erickson, and Morgan Reidenauer. This show is a conversation that will focus on reimagining leadership to meet the reality of 21st century business and life in organizations. The conversation is inspired by timeless, natural wisdom for how to lead through uncertainty. Now, here are the hosts of We Lead Radio. Welcome. I'm Morgan Reidenauer, and this is We Lead Radio. Today, it is my honor to introduce you to my brilliant co-host, June Gunter. Hello. Beth Hijack. Welcome, everyone. And Christine Erickson. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking to you a little bit about who we are, why we're here, and what you can expect from us as we continue this show. I'm going to hand it over to our lead mayor. June, will you tell us a little bit about who you are? Thanks, Morgan. I really appreciate it. Uh, This is an incredible opportunity for us, and we are really looking forward to it. So in this first show, we're going to talk a little bit about who we are, and I'm going to start. In 1986, I discovered a passion of mine, which was doing leadership development with people in healthcare. That was one of my first jobs right out of graduate school, and I walked into a hospital, and I met doctors and nurses and decided that this was the place for me um, and really enjoy, have enjoyed contributing to the development of leaders in healthcare for the bulk of my career. It takes a special soul to choose to work in a healthcare environment and uh, it takes an extraordinary commitment to choose to be a leader in healthcare. Mm-hmm. This is especially true in the world we live in today. I, uh, I, I, uh, I'm very grateful to all of the folks in healthcare who are listening today and know that uh, I still love you. Um, in the early 2000s, one of the things that I noticed was that people with the character to lead were starting to say no to the job. They were wrestling with the truth that it was lonely at the top. There was no rest for the weary was true that only the strong survived and these weren't just cliches for people and the world was changing and our beliefs about leadership needed to change with it people were struggling with the complexity and the pace of change and the skills and the tools that they used to lead in the 80s and 90s were no longer sufficient Mm. they needed a new model of leadership that matched the reality of the 21st century And the real truth is, so did I. So I had a lot of the same experiences that my colleagues in healthcare had and made a decision that it was time to find a new way of thinking about leading. So I I set off on an adventure, and my first step was to get back to my roots. So I had grown up with horses, and I remembered how much of my character and who I was as a person was was formed in my relationship with horses. So, um, you know, I was in my late 30s and decided it was time for me to reconnect with horses. And I did probably one of the silliest things I've ever done, but it ended up changing my life. And still today is probably one of the craziest things I ever did, but I I could not be more grateful that I did it. So I bought a horse that I didn't have the skills to ride. (laughs) Awesome. 
Yep. Yep. And I think there are probably a lot of middle-aged women listening to me right now that probably did the same thing. And when, when I met Yanni, everything changed about who I thought I was. And she began to educate me on who I needed to be to earn the right to be her leader. And what I was learning from her wasn't in any book. And that, to me, was even cooler. And I learned that this horse was teaching me more about leadership than any person had since my parents. Mm. And this really created an opportunity for me to explore how to bring the two things that I love together, which are horses and leadership development. Mm. So I went on a journey, and I became an equine-guided educator, and I have uh, been working in the field of experiential learning with horses since 2004 when my co-founder and I, Beth Hijack, formed Teaching Horse. So when we, when we started being able to, to uh, compare the thing, or sorry, combine the things that we, we know can transform the lives of leaders, we decided that living 10 minutes from our horse was too far. And we moved to a ranch in Rogue River, Oregon, and we developed a life with our horses as family. And uh, when we moved to Rogue River, we only had one horse. We had Yanni. And, you know, shortly after we moved to Oregon, we bought two more horses so that she would have a herd. And our level of learning about what it meant to share leadership started to escalate exponentially. And we kept learning what they have to teach us about how to share leadership. And what I also noticed was even Yanni herself, after she had taught me so much about leading, you know, she was a reluctant leader. Mm. She had to learn how to establish herself as a lead mayor. And it was quite a process to observe. And in 2006, we were, we had another opportunity, which we, we were introduced to Return to Freedom, the American Wild Horse Sanctuary. And this is led by the founder of Return to Freedom. Her name is Netta DeMeo. And she gifted us and entrusted the care of three American wild horses to us. And in that, we developed a whole nother layer of appreciation and learning about how wild horses lead their herds. And all of these experiences led us to create a new model of leadership that is designed to match the reality of the 21st century. And we are really looking forward to sharing everything that horses have taught us about how to lead their herds that can apply to how we lead our businesses and our organizations and how we create healthy, sustainable communities. So that's a little bit about me, and I would love to turn it over to Beth. Hey, good morning. This is Beth. Um, when uh, I sat down to think about what I was wanted to share with you this morning, I came up with three pages, and I thought, well, this is gonna, isn't going to work. So I decided if we were on a plane ride together, what would I want you to know about me and <laughs> why I'm so passionate about the work we do and being in conversation with you. So... Um, as June said, I am the co-founder of Teaching Horse. 
um, I am an artist, I am a wife, I am a runner, I am an entrepreneur, I am an advocate and an ally, and I'm a believer in love, diversity, and inclusion. I hold a, a Master of Fine Arts in writing for the stage and the screen from St. Mary's College of California. Go Gales. Um, and what I love about Teaching Horse and the work we do is that it is such a perfect mesh for my Renaissance woman's soul. <laughs> I get to combine my passion for creativity, discovery, learning, and being of service in a fluid and evolving container. You know, we work with all types of people and organizations, and everyone has a story. And at my core, <clears throat> I am a storyteller. And thank you, Christine, for helping me figure this out. Connection is my gas pedal. <laughs> What inspires me is creating experiences with the horses that allow people and leaders to let go of stories that no longer serve them so that we can embrace new stories that expand possibilities for us as leaders. And now, more so than ever, we need to discover and create new stories that allow for many voices and many perspectives. It is one of my favorite things about herd dynamics. In a herd of horses, there is space and value and appreciation for all. Diversity is what makes them agile and adaptable in any moment for any situation. Horses know that they are stronger together, and it is the embodiment of conscious inclusion. So as you can tell, I'm the chatty one, and I can't <laughs> wait to... Uh, share more with you and get to hear what you think about what we're doing. And I'm going to turn it over to Christine. Thank you, Beth. I'll make this kind of short and sweet because we'll get back to some deep, deeper conversations soon. Um, my name is Christine Erickson and I'm based in Northern California. And in the early 2000s, I became an executive coach after working as an international executive and teaching business education for several years. And around that time, I really wanted to create a new experience, not only for myself, but for my clients. And I, I too, like June said, kind of went back to my roots, having grown up with horses. And I looked at what was going on with my clients and in the, in the corporate cultures that I had chosen to leave. And there, it really came down to a lot of trust issues, mm. a lot of painful issues around trust. Right. And a lack of connection with each other outside of these containers. And so I knew then that I really wanted to take people outside. Like that was the bottom line. Right. And I started thinking about re really reflecting on my relationships with horses and the trust and connection that was always present in those relationships. So I thought I had created a new industry <laughs> that I was going to do executive <laughs> coaching with horses. <laughs> on, unbeknownst to me, there were women um, who had come before me, decades before me, um, doing beautiful work in this arena. And so I found them, I studied them, I studied with them, and became a practitioner about 10 years ago and brought that into my work. And so we will be speaking more to this and all the layers that come with that. Thank you so much. Thanks, um, Christine. You, Morgan. Thanks, Christine. Uh, this is Morgan. And we have been hearing from my colleagues. We might need to wait a little bit before I fully introduce myself, but I look forward to getting to know you listeners better. Um, and hopefully you'll get to know me 
a little better as well. So we've told you who we are. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking a little bit about why we're here and why we're here now talking to you and being in conversation. Please tweet us at We Lead Radio. Join the conversation. Or you can email us at leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. We were talking to you a little bit about who we are, and before we move on, I would like to tell you a little bit about who I am. This is Morgan, and here's who I am. So I graduated from undergrad with a BA in English and a BS in psychology, and I was trying to decide what to do next. And ultimately, I ended up going to work um, at a facility called Triple Play Farm in Davidson, North Carolina, where we partner with animals and work from an experiential learning model to provide therapeutic services to humans. So this was a way to combine my love of psychology with my lifelong love of horses. I started working with a horse named Moose, and he remains one of my best friends. I remember the night before I went to interview for my graduate program, I went out at about 11 o'clock at night, showed up at the barn, and just went to sit with Moose and kind of think about what I wanted to say in this interview and whether or not I felt confident in showing up and telling someone that I deserve to be part of this program and that I would be an asset to this program. And I thought about my 
my relationship with Moose, the trust and respect that I had for him. And I found myself wishing I could be more like him, more confident, more self-assured, more free. And it occurred to me that this horse who I loved so much followed me, that when I asked him to do something, he did it not because he had to, not because I made him, but just because I asked that when I went out there at 11 o'clock at night and he was napping, <laughs> he woke up and he came and stood with me and really just gave me the feeling of, you're going to be fine. You can do this. And if Moose would follow me, then there's no reason other people wouldn't follow me as well. Mm. You got that right, sister. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a reason. If Moose follows me, there must be a reason. Right. So that I think we'd all follow you, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> We're here right now. That moment, that insight that I got from Moose, this little miniature horse, um, is a moment that has stayed with me and a moment I'll never forget. So that's the moment I want to be talking about. That's the moment I want to be in conversation about. And that's a moment that I hope all leaders get to experience what it's like to have a horse choose you as their leader. So that's who I am. And moving forward, hopefully we'll get to talk a little bit about why we're here. So June, will you explain to our listeners how this happened? You know, it's very interesting. Um, if I think about all of the, the clients that we work with at Teaching Horse from biotech to construction to technology to retail giants to pharmaceutical organizations and mm. professional services firms. As I think about all of these industries and industries and all of these incredible people we've met, they're struggling with a similar issue, which is how to lead through uncertainty. And what I can say to you with the utmost confidence is that horses know exactly how to navigate uncertainty. And at the same time, create healthy, sustainable communities. And they do it by sharing leadership. And what we know to be true is that in the environment that we're in, it's full of complexity and uncertainty. And it's, it's well established that both in nature and in academic research, collaborative leadership is required to navigate uncertainty. That's just true. And I've always loved the conversations that we have that begin to shed light on what actually does collaborative shared leadership look like. And I've learned more about that through the conversations that we have with the herd of people who are on this phone and the conversations we have with our client. We really believe that true learning and innovation takes place through experience and conversation. Absolutely. And even as I was beginning pondering writing the, the new book that we have out called The Choice to Lead, Navigating Uncertainty Together. Available on Amazon. Yes, it is. Um, I remember having a conversation with Christine about preparing to write and having such reservation about writing because I don't really understand what I'm thinking until I'm in conversation with people who are thinking about it with me. And I can tell you, when we're traveling from engagement to engagement, we have our own version of car talk. 
where we think about what's happening for clients and we think about the impact that we want to have on them. And through our conversations, we begin to discover even new ideas about ideas we've been talking about for decades. Mm. And to me, horses share leadership through body language, but human beings share leadership through conversation. Right. And, and I believe that not just our clients, but anyone who wants to think about how to lead through uncertainty could be a part of these conversations. So as I was writing the book, Christine says to me, you know, this should be a podcast. And I said, a what? <laughs> <laughs> because I am today 55 years old. Yay! And I do not Yay! spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. <laughs> but, you know, the more I listened to Christine, the more I thought, wow, how cool to have people in conversations with us about what shared leadership could look like and feel like in organizations. And to really be able to share with people what horses are teaching us, no matter what walk of life they're in. And, you know, seriously, a week later, I'm standing in my kitchen <laughs> cooking and I get a phone call around six o'clock. And, you know, of course, I think it's a telemarketer. And I think, well, I'm going to answer them, tell them to take me off their call list. <laughs> but it wasn't a telemarketer. It was Robert Cellino, who's our executive producer now yeah. for Voice America. Hey, Robert. Hey, hey Robert. Robert. And he says, this is Robert from Voice America. We think you have our, uh, a really incredible story. We think you're doing fascinating work in the world, and we would love for you to become a host of a talk radio show. And I went, huh? <laughs> what? And I thought, this has got to be a crank call. And the most interesting thing happened. He began to tell me about our work. And I was blown away at how much he actually understood what we did. And and what that told me right away was, you know, I think other people might be interested in that. If he understands it and people are starting to find out about it from different walks of life, then what if we did bring this conversation to the world and what might that be like? Mm. So, you know, here we are on my 55th birthday. I am now officially a talk radio host. Yeah. And I did not see that coming. <laughs> so here we go people here we go we in the house all right so you know i would love to hear from each of you what are some of the reasons why you said yes to this morgan wow well you know <laughs> i believe that i said yes because i am a herd player a team player i want to be part of my herd. I want to support my herd. And when a herd member said, hey, this is something I want to do. Will you do it with me? Absolutely, I'll do it with you. I'll get your back. This is an adventure. I am a little nervous about it, but here we are. <laughs> um, and I think one of my favorite, one of my truly favorite things about horses is they don't go anywhere alone. They go together. Yeah. And I am honored and happy to go together with my herd members on this new adventure. How about for you, Beth? Ah, uh, right back at me. Thank you for talking about that <laughs> back here, Morgan. <laughs> well, uh, secretly, I've been plotting to take Terry Gross's job for a long time, <laughs> and that's probably not going to happen. So um, Go for it. one of the things I love is 
as June said, the conversations we would have after each mm. engagement. And they were so rich. And I kept learning so much more that I wasn't expecting. So many ahas. And one of my favorite things to do has been either sit around our friend Paula Bernelli's kitchen table or Jane Vella's kitchen table. And we have these great conversations. And so many uh, people would come up to us after an engagement. It's like, we want to be part of your herd. And so when this opportunity came up, I thought, well, what a way, great way to bring these conversations that we have in the car and at the table to everyone and have them be part of the herd and share with us what they think about what shared leadership could be and what things they may have discovered with us and how they've taken it back to their personal lives and their work lives. So that's me, Moo. How about you, Christine? Hey, Beth. Um, similar to you, I really, I really said yes to this to create greater access to this work. I think it's a conversation I'm, I'm constantly in, having worked in a lot of different places and seeing the, the efficiency, the depth, and the love that I have for this work and how it touches people. I really am just always in that conversation of how can I create greater access, whether that means for smaller companies or for individuals. And I think this is a great way to start that conversation and to share what it is that is possible. So I'm really happy to be here. And we're happy you're here. <laughs> Yay, me. You know, I guess first and foremost, We Lead Radio is an opportunity for us to model shared leadership. Yeah. And hopefully we're going to be in dialogues that help demystify what, what shared leadership really is. And we're not just going to talk about it. We're going to live it live on the radio. That's right. And we're going to invite other people who are leading a cause or leading innovation to join us in a discovery of how shared leadership is enabling their success. This is our way of sharing what horses are teaching us with anyone who wants to join the conversation. Yes. And we can't wait for you to be a part of it. Yes. You know, but I think a lot of people look at leadership and this, this visual image just came to me as a hot potato. <laughs> right? That's right. And it's not. It doesn't have, doesn't to, have be. to be. doesn't have to be. So we've, we've told you a little bit about who we are a little bit about why we're here. And next, hopefully we'll get to talk to you about what we see going on in the world of leadership today and how horses have really informed us about what is possible in leadership and what attributes can help encourage and empower people not only to lead, but to follow, to share leadership and be successful in this world full of uncertainty. So that's what we'll be talking about when we come back. As always, please tweet us at We Lead Radio, join the conversation, or email us at leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. We would love to hear from you, and we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. So, you know who we are, you know why we're here. Let's keep talking about why now. Christine, where do you want to take us next? Thanks, Morgan. Um, Now, I want to invite all of you to the conversation about what is happening right now in our world and why do we need to revisit our beliefs about leadership? I mean, yeah, why now? You know, I, um, I have a book I want to recommend to anyone who's listening, and it's called Thank You for Being Late by Thomas Friedman. And if you are looking for a crash course in understanding the world we live in, read that book. Because he sheds light on how the pace of technological, social, and climate change is just frankly exceeded our capacity to adapt. Mm. And he he has this conversation with a um, guy named Astro Teller, who's the CEO of Google X. And he talks about how people even with the pace of change the way it is, we're, it's almost impossible to adapt to it. And it's because we're still searching for certainty. We're still clinging to the status quo. And we want to find any way, shape, or form we can to be stable again. Yeah. And his point is we have to start looking for a different goal. And he, he calls it dynamic stability. And he tells his story about learning how to ride a bicycle. And you don't learn how to ride a bike by being still. No, you fall down. 
you have to move and find your balance in a new way. And to me, I think that's our most important work is to guide people towards dynamic stability and horses are masterful at that. They don't ever stand still very long because if you stand still, you lose your agility. Right. You lose your ability to adapt. Right. You know, you know, June, I, I, uh, part of the thing that inspired what, how I'm looking at the world um, and Christine's question picks up on what you're talking about with the horses, but in a, from a different perspective, a little bit, but still in the natural world. So for me, what I believe is we're currently experiencing is a type of backlash to being part of a global community, you know, isolation, exclusion, uh, are bottlenecks um, for anything to thrive and adapt. And when we look at the natural world, it is its diversity and interconnectedness of ecosystems that creates a mutually beneficial environment for all. Mm. So have you all heard about the, when the wolves were reintroduced into Yellowstone? Yeah, man, oh, that yeah. was so yeah. cool. Yeah. So um, Morgan, if we can find that, that video clip, if no one's seen it or heard it, I would love to put it up. On, we'll look for it. Right? Yes. So basically, in the 1920s, um, I'll try and be summarize this quickly for you. In the 1920s, all the wolves from Rocky Mountain West, including what would become known as Yellowstone National Park, were exterminated. Mm-hmm. And in a large part due to uh, the introduction of ranchers starting to graze on public lands. And um, what, what we didn't realize is that wolves hold together this delicate balance of predator and prey. And their removal disrupted what is referred to as the food webs. So when there weren't any more wolves, the elk population escalated and in turn impacting increased consumption of foliage. So when the wolves were brought back in 1995, you know, they went back to the job. They they munched on the elk, but they also changed their prey's behavior patterns, which is crucial. Um, the elk and the, all the other herbivores started to avoid areas like valleys and gorges um, where they could be easily hunted by predators. And as a result, uh, those areas began to regenerate. Speci- species such as birds, beavers, mice, and bears returned. Plant life once again thrived along the riverbank banks and erosion decreased significantly so all that those balances that introduction of the wolves and just a small population shifted everything for the positive for all um so for me looking at the brilliance of the natural world we are witnessing what we want to embody in in our leadership and in our lives which is collaboration inclusion partnership and a type of shared leadership that we could really benefit us in so many different ways. And, I, you know, I think Beth's point is diversity is the precursor to unity. Right. And we have to learn to value everyone's thoughts that come to the table and um, be willing to be a part of a community. And, and we have to get past this notion of there's a superhero CEO with all the answers. We have to let that myth go. No one person can make life great again, people. That's right. 
Well, I think too, when we're inviting people to let go of something towards something else, I really appreciate the reminder in what Beth shared around the exponential value of that. I think we feel that that's an isolated move. You know, if I'm letting go of what makes me feel stable over here or what I already know, rather than doing more of that and letting go, that's an unknown. But if you look at the value beyond ourselves in our silos and containers of leadership, um, that's just more of an invitation to that overall effect, I think. Yeah. You know, what we can create together is extraordinary. It is. If we just trust it. Yes. So, um, Morgan, I think one of the things that would be good for us to share with people is a little bit of our perspective on what horses have to teach us about leading and creating healthy communities. And if you don't mind, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Absolutely. So one of the things that I love about teaching horse is that June and her colleagues studied wild herds and studied horses and how we work with horses and kind of distilled four attributes from horse culture um, that relate to leadership. So these are the four attributes that horses look for in their leaders, whether they be other horses or humans. And these four attributes are attention, direction, energy, and congruence. So attention really operates on three levels, attention to self, attention to other, attention to environment. And being able to balance attention and shift it between these three levels is essential for a leader. They need to understand what is going on with them, what's happening with them, what's going on with their people, what's important to their people, and what's happening in the broader world that will affect their people and how that affects themselves. So horses look for attention and people also look for attention and ask their leaders, are you paying attention? The second attribute, direction, is really about clarity in direction. So it's about being able to say, this is the way we're going, and holding that big vision, as well as being able to speak to the next step. So the world is not built in straight lines. And if a herd of horses needs to get to a watering hole, their leaders need to say, here's where we're going, the watering hole, and here's how we're going to get there. And they can never be so committed to their plan that they lose sight of reality. So constantly using their attention to inform their direction, to shift their direction. If there's a hole, we need to sidestep it. If there's a threat, we need to shift to avoid it. So attention informs direction. The third attribute of energy is really about pace. It's about not wasting the energy of yourself or your herd. And a good leader, horses are very, very clear about this, a good leader does not waste energy, they do not overreact, but they also do not underreact. Again, they are informed by reality, and the reality of the situation dictates the pace. I'm sure we'll be talking more about this in the show because we are all very passionate right. about these things. <laughs> and then the fourth, the fourth quality, the fourth attribute that horses look for that I think a lot of times people take for granted or don't fully consider is congruence, which is simply 
the concept that your inside matches your outside. What you believe, what you feel to be true is the same as what you present. This, I think, is especially important to Beth, who yes. I'm sure will be giving us a lot more information about that as we go on. But the importance about congruence is that your herd members never have to doubt you. They never doubt your intentions. Um, they never believe that you're setting them up or trying to trick them into doing something that's not in their best interest. So that's what's important to horses. And, and what if we lived in a world where this is how people described their leaders? Mm. Their leaders are people that they know are paying attention, are willing to choose a direction in the midst of uncertainty, and, and set a pace that reflects reality, and are completely congruent about their intention and their desire to work in the best interest of all those they lead. I mean, what if that was what we could do? Wouldn't that be awesome? And what could we achieve? Yeah. Um, so, Christine, let me hear a little bit of your thoughts around what horses have to teach us about creating healthy communities. Yeah, I have a couple of things, but the overarching thing that keeps coming back to me is that we so often now are living in a world where there's constant pressure and no release of that pressure. Right. Yes. Um, Amen, sister. And when I think about the competitive environments that we're in, um, horses are always negotiating those roles and every everyday things, but they also know when to stop negotiating and to move or to take action or to relax or to drink water or to nourish themselves. And I think um, within groups and teams, we end up being so competitive that the fixation and our energy is all on that. And we really need to learn new ways to pause within that. Absolutely. Well said, Christine. How about you, Beth? You've got, we've got a, oh, we got to, we got to get ready to go to break, people. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple of things that, that I want to speak to quickly before we go to break. No, I'm not. Morgan says no. All me, right. Me. That's no. We're okay. learning. We're going to be talking about the sentinel role at some point, and uh, <laughs> that's all about redirection and staying on task. Yeah. So we do need and to go to break for that. <laughs> we do need to go to break, but we will be back. And what we don't finish talking about this week, we will stay in conversation about. So when we're back from this break, we're going to continue to talk about the questions that we really want to answer, where we want to go from here, and what's informing us as we move forward. Remember to tweet us at We Lead Radio or email us at leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. We will be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. 
Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to We Lead Radio. I know we've been throwing a lot at you, June. Tell us where we're going next. You know, I think it's important for us to share with our listeners how what horses have to teach us can actually translate into how to share leadership in organizations. So I'm just going to share a quick little story that um, I think was a really important lesson for all involved, and it will tee up some of the questions that we're going to continue to explore as we move forward through the 13 weeks of the show. So uh, we were at the Return to Freedom American Wild Horse Sanctuary, and we were doing a a leadership development session with some incredible folks in healthcare. And on this particular day in February, it was 95 degrees outside. And we had a herd of horses in an arena who were about to work with our clients. And in the middle of this crazy February heat, one of the horses that we were working with started to not feel well. And um, the herd that was in the arena was an intact herd, and so they had strong relationships with each other. And as this one particular horse, uh, we discovered she wasn't feeling well, we decided, you know, she needed a break, she needed to go up underneath a barn, and she needed to cool off. And as we were uh, guiding her back to where she needed to go, all of the other horses in her herd started to call to her. And it was amazing. And as the group of healthcare leaders stood there and watched this occur, you know, they asked me, what are they saying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you. And And I said, you know, one of their herd members is leaving and they know she doesn't feel well. And, and essentially their, their inner conversation is, are you okay? Hmm. Um, and we're still here. And even though we know you're in a space where we can't see you, you're still close enough, enough for us to hear you. And we want you to know you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to tell you, 
that was a profound moment. And as these healthcare leaders were standing around observing this natural way of herds of caring for each other, one of the leaders said, you know, that's amazing how they care for each other. He said, people in our organization get sick a lot and we don't check on them. Wow. Yeah. And I said, well, I think this is probably why you're here is to explore a different way of supporting each other and creating unity and health for the people that are leading your organization, not just for the people that you serve. Yeah. You got to take care of each other. Right. And I think that highlights some of the questions that we are going to be in conversation about, like how do we reimagine leadership that that actually includes taking care of the leaders? Right. Um, that your, June's story really reminded me of another key moment we had at Return to Freedom about inclusion and diversity. Mm-hmm. And um, we were there working, and um, out of nowhere came this helicopter flying just right over uh, a herd of horses, about 75 horses. And we looked up and the herd took off together all the way up the hill in, in the midst of this uncertainty. Hmm. Um, and they got together at the top of the hill and they convened. And that piece around inclusion and diversity that's so core to who I am, I watched that herd embody. And so I would really like us to be in conversation more and and really dive down deep into if a herd of horses can embrace diversity and inclusion and see it as something that makes them agile and gives them strength, Mm. what can we learn from them? Mm, Beautiful. Yeah, I think too, for me, when I, um, as I was talking earlier about that, well, as June said, about that, holding that image of being cared for. When I think about the lead more mayor, as Morgan mentioned, setting the pace and the direction for the herd, she's not setting it in her own silo. She's setting it because she's been informed by the herd and the mm-hmm. capacity of the herd. And I think we forget that too, that leaders should should set set all this direction and walk out there and maybe they'll be followed, maybe they won't. But that support of the herd, she knows that it is there. Um, so I think, you know, in my, back to what, a question that I constantly explore is how do we, how do we invite people to an, an unknown space? And I think holding those kind of images and those stories and witnessing those with the horses is a really powerful way to begin to make this cultural shift within organizations. How about for you, Morgan? What are some of the questions you're interested in exploring as we go through this process? You know, one of the things that I feel when I work with horses is that leadership is not a burden. Leadership Mm. is not a chore. Um, It feels good. It feels empowering to lead a horse. It feels good Mm. to be in that position. So I'm really curious to talk about how can we make leadership for people feel that good? How can we feel good and be sustained as people and leaders um, in the way that we are when we work with our horses? And I think part of that is is also thinking about how we can really 
understand and leverage these attributes that I mentioned previously about what horses look for in their leaders? How can we use these attributes to elevate confidence in our own leadership? And how can we learn from how horses lead, apply that to how we lead, and become stronger leaders for it? Yeah, I think finding ease in leadership is so key. It's not even a part of the conversational equation most of the time. Yeah. Right. You know, like, Christine, like, I think a lot of people have this idea. Well, let me just back up. So my big piece of stepping, wanting to step into leader to, to lead was when I shifted the idea that leader was a noun to a verb. Mm -hmm. I lead, I can lead. And here are the qualities I can bring to leading. And I think that many people think that if they don't embody this, this or that, then Mm -hmm. they can't lead. Right. So I think there's a great opportunity when we look at horses, how they are are not attached to their role, but they lead together. They will go to where they're needed and contribute. And anyone can step up at any moment. It's not about your title. It's about your choice to lead. Right. Well, and that within that, um, even though it's a herd moving and a collectiveness within leadership, those individual roles are valued. They're, they're valued the same. It's not just the one in the front or the one behind or on the mm-hmm. side. I think bringing that collective value to right. the different roles that people play are, and how, what makes that happen is such an Im- important distinction. I concur. Yes. How about you, Morgan? How about me, what, June? What's another question you think we, it's important for us to discuss while we're here? I, I know this is moving away from a, a little bit from, the, from the, what you're asking me, but one of the things I'm really looking forward to is asking questions of other leaders in the field and Absolutely. Hearing, hearing from them. So I, I have questions, these questions that I want to ask of others and try to understand what are these leaders facing and how are they using these attributes how are they finding new ways of leading and and what does that look like for them what does it really look like to be on the front of leadership yeah you know um, it takes me to one of the questions that i'm very passionate about which is how do you become confident in uncertainty not confidence in certainty but confident in uncertainty Mm -hmm. i think that's something that is going to be of real benefit for us to be in dialogue about, especially with people who are doing it. Absolutely. So next week we'll be talking about reframing uncertainty and we'll have some amazing guests telling us about how they're doing that in real life. We are so grateful that you have taken this time to listen to us and hear our conversation. We hope next time you'll be able to join us and you can always tweet us at We Lead Radio email us at leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Let us know what's on your mind. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to We Lead Radio. Be sure to join your hosts, June Gunter, Beth Hijack, Christine Erickson, and Morgan Reidenauer next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. And we'll see you on this same path next week.